Triple Option back in studios this week. Got plenty for you, including some local stuff from the greater Lafayette area. That's where we're going to start. We had state baseball going on this past weekend. Central Catholic down at Victory Field playing for their fifth straight one. And it took a few heroics. They were down, I think, 3-0 in the fifth, 3-1 in the sixth, and 3-2 with two outs in the seventh. Come back to win 4-3 in nine innings for their fifth straight championship. On top of that, their coach became only the second coach, I believe, in all high school baseball in the state of Indiana to win seven state championships. And I just just want to kind of reflect on that because the football team this year won their fourth straight state football title and have lost one game in those four years. The baseball teams won 33 straight postseason tournament games. I mean, the just... Is there anything comparable to this on any sports level, just sheer sports dominance, Pops? Well, I think probably the Indianapolis schools have had runs like this. Warren Central back, uh, I think, in the late 90s and 2000s won four or five in a row, and they were just demolishing people in football. But, I mean, at the smaller school level, uh, Sheridan Sheridan was the last, I guess you're going to call it, dynasty in football, and it's like CC took over. I, I think you could say this probably runs in cycles because I think simply both the football team and the baseball team will be moving up to Class 2A because of this ludicrous Indiana State High School rule about winning too much and they're going to push them up. But I think it, it's something to, that's terribly, very noteworthy, and I think they should be applauded for it. And, and this, the city, really, it would be nice to see a city celebrated other than waiting until the Christmas parade to put them on a fire truck. I think you could draw the conclusions that a lot of the guys that play football play also baseball they also i don't know as many play basketball but i think there is a crossover and i think they've built very they've built a very good athletic program some people would say that they've been recruiting but you know that's that's the private schools get that accusation and that's the reason for the rule you kind of brought up what i was going to lead to but i was going to ask you about that the move up rule or whatever you want to call it the clause of great winning whatever because to me I don't know, as a parent, as a parent of, of kids that played in high school and competed in high school in various events, whether band or sports, you, you touched on yourself saying that there have been dynasties and other sports in high school that have come and gone. So just, I guess, expand some more on your thoughts on this whole, well, CC's winning, so let's try and make them not win anymore. Well, there's always been accusations that, you know, you could go to Chicago and and for or Indianapolis, but more so Chicago, that the Catholic schools would recruit some of the poor kids out of the, out of the you know these urban areas and 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 find a way to get their scholars put them on scholarships because they can't afford the tuition. Um, I think since the state of Indiana has gone to the point to where you could literally change from going to a public school to a private school and you get a voucher, that more kids are now than what were are going to. Catholic schools or just public school or private schools and whatever religious schools, whatever. So it's it's possible that they're trying to head that off. It could be nothing more than a political reaction by some people because of the fact that the state decided that you could take your public school voucher and take it to a private school, and 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 that that's taking people kids away from the public schools and the, and a lot of your money that you get whether it be from the state or whatnot, is based upon how many kids are going to school. So it might be politicians trying to get back at some of the schools and, and trying to hurt their athletic programs because, in essence, I think whether people want to admit it or not, and they're not going to admit it, I think this really affects the, the private schools. And I think it's just, I'd like the moron who come up with this to explain to me, what happens if you get a 5'18 that wins five in a row? Are you going to bump them up when they start playing college football? 
because they can't play and they can't go anywhere else. And that's the, that's the really the re- ludicrousness of this rule. If you're going to have this, you got to come up with something for 5A teams, which are the biggest teams, and which is with the that just had the dynasty of Warren Central ten years ago. This doesn't apply to them, and I think that's as fundamentally wrong as it is. That's the the, the ludicrousness of the rule. Speaking of which, is that that would seem to lend itself to your argument about somewhat of a vendetta against Catholic schools because you have one on the first four classes, right? CC's in class A. Is it uh, Chatard? Bishop Chatard's the Catholic one in class three, right? And Cathedral's the Catholic one in class four. I, I think so. I yeah. think there's another one in two, but I can't think of what it is. But I don't think there's a, Ron a big. Co- I know what you mean. I can't. I think it might be Ron Colley or something. But the it, it, the CC played him a couple of years ago in the football final. Well, I'm saying, but there's, but I'm talking about two A. Oh, two A. Yeah, I can't remember, but I mean, yeah. And, but there's no big, as far as I know, there's no big Catholic powerhouse in five A, but there are in one through four, and that's who this rule affects. The I think this is probably an Indianapolis school type thing, and just because the state house is is there, but yeah, it's just wrong on every level, and I just it's stuff like this is going to happen, but I think to punish teams and not make it level all the way across. You know, from class one to class class A to class five A is is just that just tells you that it's just it's a stupid and unfair rule. Ty, I want to get your opinion in on this as someone who's a little less removed from high school than Pops or I. Just as I guess, basically, as someone who's younger, how you feel about this? I mean, do you, because. I understand that teams don't like losing, but it's sports and it's cyclical. I mean, how do you feel leaving knowing that possibly some school you cheer for probably doesn't stand a chance because CC or whoever is going to win? I don't, I don't, I think it's people look at it way too short term. I mean, it's kind of like when the Big Ten tried to make their conference and they tried to make it kind of like they were thinking, oh, we got to do it by talent. Well, talent doesn't make any sense because talent is is at one time. Somebody's not talented their entire time, so you can't do that. And I think, so you can't, I guess you can't worry about that because it, it wanes and waxes. So you're saying that you just leave it alone and, and just let it happen naturally? Based off how they're, like, I guess the schools are divided by size and yes. leave them that way? Yeah, I would agree. I, I would. I think you got to do that. You can't, you can't do it by talent because what happens when CC is bad? They'll say this is unfair because they have less kids in these schools that have so much more, and they'll say... It shouldn't be based off talent because that doesn't really make any sense because they talent comes and goes, but the school size is probably going to be approximately the same, and that's how they should change because it, it's that. it's I think people think about it a little too much. To me, it's a little bit thought of too much. I mean, it's just high school. I think they're thinking about it. They're, people are getting a little too over the top about wanting it to be perfect when, you know, even college sports are not even the greatest, not even the best, I guess, situated and planned out and that's college which is a televised event high school you know maybe it's a little messy but it's high school i guess let it i think you should just let it go a little bit more it's not as serious as some other sports Uh, i agree with you tyler pops i just want to get your last words on it as again a parent of of two kids who competed in the high school level well i would agree i think that's my point when i said uh sheridan was the prior one with a i think a four or five consecutive state titles before cc so you know as much as cc's won five uh, five baseball and four football it's here in the next few years that that's going to come to an end it could because you could just hit on a class or two and then when those guys graduate you might not get the level of players you're getting in and you know it's it's not going to like they're going to win for the next 15 years it just it just doesn't happen so i think 
it's going to happen naturally to interject something into it is wrong. And I think it's frankly, I'm going to go, I'm going to go as far as say it's politically motivated because that's just how politics are nowadays, petty and ridiculous. All right. Leaving high school sports, moving up to college sports. We've been as pops likes to call us the banner carriers for some of the smaller sports. And we just wanted to touch on the Purdue swimming team capped off what I would say, again, I'm not a swimming expert, believe it or not, an impressive class. They have pulled a kid out of Poland who qualified for 12 European championships. They recruited three different state champions from three different states. I believe uh, Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. They have put together what I would assume is a fairly highly ranked class. And Pops, I got to think that this, I think this is obviously a big part of Bodiah being seen. Like Purdue has now become a swimming brand. But they have also, they've had some good performers outside of Bodiah as well. I believe they had some some national champions this year, at least one at a, uh, I think a diving champion, I believe. But Bodiah, I think you, everyone would agree, has pushed the Purdue swimming team brand miles and miles forward. Agree. I think I think it, it can't help to, to have your guy on international TV spilled all the way across the world diving and getting a gold medal. I mean, you know. Purdue swimming and diving has always been pretty good, but it just took a level up when they dra- when they recruited him and what he did. But the fact that he won a gold medal has just elevated the fact that now they could say that Purdue swimming and diving, we develop gold medal winners. Tyler, we went to the the Big Ten diving and swimming championships when Purdue hosted. And I think it was like 2011, 2010. I know it was when Badiah was a freshman. He won. Yeah. Um, I like it because I remember when we went there. The Purdue, I remember Purdue diving was really good, but I was the best. But I remember in that it was like Purdue, but I was first, and then I think it was like third, fifth, and like tenth were Purdue divers. But I remember going in the Purdue swimming team. I guess was not as up to par as a diving team, and I guess they weren't as competitive. And I like it because I thought that's one thing I noticed, and we talked about. We we're saying you know the diving team is really in the mix, and they they were kind of carrying the team. And I thought the swimming team had to get I guess a little. A little more boost, maybe some better recruiting, get get some more talent. I think Badia helps that, and that now they could possibly have a more balanced team of the divers and swimmers. Pops, going back to the whole like dynasty thing, um, is this the kind of thing where Purdue is now forever, or at least for the foreseeable future, on another echelon of swimming and diving? Because I'm assuming, you know, if you look at the dominoes, Badia comes. He wins Big Ten championships. That up that ups Purdue's brand. He wins a gold medal. That ups Purdue's brand. So now you you would assume you get bigger, high profile recruits with this class, which suggests so is Purdue diving swimming and diving now on an upper echelon. Is that how it works in college sports? I mean, I'm a, do you see them falling down because I would assume they're going to keep getting bigger and better recruits as they continue to improve which you would assume would lead to more wins. Well, I think it, it's solely dependent upon whom they recruit. I mean, they're going to have to get the, you know, they're going to have to get the recruits as long as they get the recruits and stay relevant and, you know, and contend for big 10 titles and, and, and contend for national championships, they'll stay. If they don't, they won't. It just comes down to recruiting, you know? And, and I think they have a, they have an opportunity. looks like they've taken advantage of it because of what are they're getting in, but they have to keep recruiting. You have to keep it going. Well, yeah. I understand that. I'm just saying, but is this in your experience? Because you talked about dynasties earlier. You were talking about in high school sports, but is this how those upper echelon programs are built? You get you get that one breakthrough performer, and all of a sudden you you've stepped up, and now you start bringing in talent again and again. So your your floor and ceiling both go up. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is how you get started. You know, you, you got to start somewhere. So it's, it's a situation that you, you get a break like this and you, and you get this exposure. And in order for this to keep going and it just doesn't all of a sudden just stop in its tracks, you got to keep recruiting. Maybe this is a reaching out on a limb. What is something, obviously a breakout performance is based on the players themselves, but is there something here, is there some kind of formula that the swimming and diving team has shown that the other sports such as basketball and football could use? I know that obviously winning something such as a gold medal is a big step, but is there something other than the performance that there's a blueprint that they can follow to kind of follow the same steps? Well, obviously, you know, they hit on a guy that's, I think he contended for national championships, but obviously a guy not to beat this in the ground, but getting a gold medal ought to say it stand for itself. So based upon that, you know, your basketball team would have to have like Painter went out and got the you know, the, the what they call the baby boilers, or you know, your football team would have to go out in like Mississippi State this year, got what, top five in recruiting. That's the that's the basis of a, of a turnaround. But you gotta continue going. You just can't have one you just can't have one guy come in have a success, and then walk, because then it will come to a screeching halt. So I think, yeah, I think it, you could see it across the landscape. It's a beginning, but it, it, it can't just be a situation that, you know, you stop. And I don't mean, again, I don't mean to keep continue harping on this, but as long as they keep doing well and swimming and diving and contending, you're going to get the recruits. And if you get the good people that can swim and dive, then you should be successful. They feed upon each other. Tyler, just some last thoughts on the Purdue sports, I guess, in general. I think it's really hard to get the exposure kind of the way the diving team did from Bodiah because of the sport he's in. It's a, I think he, he even though he's in synchronized, it's a very individualistic sport. And to get that for the basketball or football team is difficult because it's not like, you know, that's like the same as they won a Super Bowl NBA championship. But it's not like if the Purdue had a lineman that won it. It had to be like Purdue's quarterback was MVP and Super Bowl. Or like they had a basketball team, a basketball player that went on and won the NBA championship and he was the he was the MVP. I think it's, it's hard to get that because it's not only... Padaya is in a sport where it's all about him. You know, it's an individual sport. It's like, you know, like tennis where, you know, it's all about that guy and you know it's him. So Purdue would ha- it'd be difficult for them to find something like that unless they had a just got a guy that was the at the top of his sport and that's very difficult in team sports like that because there's so many of them you know you have less of less of a chance than other sports like diving and like tennis i would agree with that i think that the diving is obviously an individualized and just a, a different type of exposure speaking of that pops i want to ask you a question about that because tyler mentioned the quarterback so does that lessen drew Brees' impact one because it's a team sport and two because he's just been away from purdue for so long i mean graduated not like not shown up no, I don't think it lessens it because he's he's in and around. He's doing well in New Orleans. If he goes on a national game, what do you hear? Drew Brees, quarterback, Purdue. I mean, he's he does commercials for PEFQ. No, I, I think it, it's a reminder, and what Hazel's trying to do is bring him back. And I don't know if you could do anything better than bring Drew Brees back and him to flash that Big Ten championship ring to all these guys and say, this is what you want to do. You want to get this Big Ten championship ring and get to the Rose Bowl. So no, I I think even though it is a team sport, the fact that he's achieved what he's achieved, which is the Super Bowl championship, a Big Ten championship, Rose Bowl, he's gone to Pro Bowls, that he's as he's as valuable to the Purdue football team as Bodaya is to swimming and diving. And on a bigger sense, they're both they're both big to the university 
as we said last time about how the Miami football team, the the Hurricanes, were so successful that people are like, "Ah, oh, coming here because you guys are winning football games," which I don't know is a is a rationale to go to a university, but hey, you know whatever. So you could get more and more students coming in. Which you get more and more students coming in means more of the green stuff and that's just that's what universities are run off of so you know i think breeze is valuable as badaya all right well we will continue to be the banner carriers of the smaller sports we're trying to figure out how to one grow the purdue band and we just like to see i think a few trophies come to west lafayette but moving down south going to indianapolis we want to give our first i guess this will be the first of many garrett cole watches and he made his he pitched once last week right pops Yes, he pitched, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday against the Giants with 6.1 innings and got gave up no runs. Uh, that was a nice start for him. The Giants have been kind of hit or miss as far as their, you know, the offensive side. But uh, either way, it was very impressive, and I think he ends up going on Sunday for a second start. So, you know, so far so good, and I think he as well as he pitches will dictate how long he stays in their rotation. Well, he's a, you say he's a first overall pick, right? So you would assume that as long as he doesn't bomb, he's probably in for good? Well, you would, you'd like to think that. that. That's the intent. I mean, you don't draft guys with the first pick without thinking they could be. To me, I think you're going to draft a guy that high. that You'd project him at least a two, maybe a one. The thing about the draft this year was I read after the draft is that people are thinking that Gray or Appel might be no more than a number three starter in a rotation, which is the first I've heard of that, and there's more re- reason the Cubs took Chris Bryant. So obviously, I think Pittsburgh, who routinely seems to draft high, they're like the L.A. Clippers of the uh, the lottery, that you're going to draft a guy one overall, he better be pretty good. And and he's in, and so far, he, you know, one start doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher, but that's the reason you drafted him that high. All right, well, that's the Cole watch this week. Let's move to his former team, the Indianapolis Indians. Tyler, how'd they do this week? The Indians went 3-3 three and three this week, and it was a bit different this week. There were uh, high-scoring games, like 9-8 uh, win, 10-5 win, 7-10 loss, 6-4 win. So higher-scoring games than uh, what they were usually doing when Cole was there. So it could be maybe more of a... I'm not sure if it's just a week, but more of a up and down instead of instead of a small ball kind of team because small ball teams generally don't score, you know, nine, ten, seven, six runs a game. It's more of three or four. So maybe Cole's exit is a little more significant than people that may have thought that we may have thought. Well, he's a big. He would be a big cog in the rotation. So I guess it makes sense that maybe the pitching staff suffered kind of a big setback because you took out Cole and maybe replaced him with somebody that was. Not nearly as good. Pops, how are they doing overall in the AAA landscape? Well, they still lead the International League, but they have the best record. They're two and a half games up on the Durham Bulls, who they are playing presently. So this is for the lead of the International League. They're 46-24, and 6.57 winning percentage. They clearly are going to win their division, and they clearly are going to have the second best record so it's just a matter of home field advantage in the playoffs but you know they continue to set the set the pace in the international league tyler are they going to be home sometime soon mm, they won't be home until next weekend they are uh on the road until friday at durham and at norfolk and then they have actually they're home the rest of the month well, there you go they're always doing those specials so make sure to get out and check the indians because they got the they got the Dollar Monday, the two-for-one Tuesday. They got fireworks on Friday. Nice way to 
spend some summertime watching some baseball. We actually need to get down there. We're behind on that. All right, staying in Indianapolis, moving to professional teams, going to the Colts. Kind of a big signing, maybe more so name-wise, but the Colts added Ahmad Bradshaw this past week, and I guess we we haven't really talked about the Colts. We've written a little bit about them. We did some draft stuff, so let's just kind of get some general thoughts here on what you kind of expect this year and what you feel about the team right now. Well, I thought the I thought the Bradshaw signing was... It's big in that it's good talent, cheap, and they waited. He he is he's a capable starter on that team, and they waited and they got him on the cheap. And I think he could be a a player that could really help them out and did not cost them, which is uh, is great for them because they waited for his injuries to settle, the injuries to get over, it, and other teams were just a little skeptical about going towards him. And I think it's it's worth a shot taking him because I think he's a player. And while he's injury problems, I think he's uh, he was described in the Giants locker room as the heart and soul of that team. So I think it's a great signing. Pops, what do you think about the Bradshaw signing? Well, he's a thousand yard rusher. Like last year he had two hundred twenty one attempts for one thousand fifteen yards for four point six average, six rushing touchdowns. You know, in in for a team that's young and could use some veteran leadership and is also trying to make their way in of the ladder of, of the NFL, I think it's a nice signing. The issue is he's still in a walking boot because of surgery. So, you know, will he be ready for training camp? Will that delay his start? He's he's only on a one-year deal, so you hope that he can get going, but I think it's a nice signing. Do you think that, I know he's hurt, but he would seem to be a good compliment because to Ballard. Ballard was the starter at the end of last year. Ballard is more of a, I don't want to say he's slow because I don't think he's slow, but he's Bigger. more of a big bruiser type of back. And I think Bradshaw's has more of that quick guy that you can throw screens to. Well, I think Bradshaw's going to be your guy. I mean, I guess you could give Ballard as, as something, I suppose, you're maybe a change of pace, but I think he's going to be someone to maybe make sure that Bradshaw stays fresh. But I think clearly Bradshaw is signed to start. Vic Ballard had a nice, surprising rookie season, but, you know, can he do it again? Not really for sure. We'll see. But, you know, it's got to help to have a veteran like Bradshaw in front of you so he could at least learn. Todd, did you think that? Because I actually kind of expected that they signed Brad. I figured they were both going to see significant carries, but I thought they signed. I thought it was they were going to go with Ballard and have Bradshaw be the change of pace. I, I don't think I'll probably. I think I'm going to with Blair. I think they're at least going to start with Ballard because I, I just don't know when Bradshaw will be ready. That's my main question. Yeah, well, you said he's in a walking boot. Do you? The, the questions he could be not ready for training camp. I think I said that, but I think when he's healthy, I think he needs to start. He's, well, I'm saying he's a I'm not saying rusher in the league. He I'm not saying all year. I'm saying I think in the beginning Ballard's at least going to be getting most of the carries. Maybe I think Bradshaw will over the years get over the the season get more and more, but he won't be getting them immediately. Oh, don't shake my head like I'm wrong. I'm not shaking your head. I'm shaking mine. <laughs> No, don't give it that. You don't know. You don't know just as much as I don't know. <laughs> Your story. <laughs> Obviously, if he's hurt, Ballard's going to start. I'm just saying when they are both healthy. Okay, this is Chuck Strong over here. Who's starting your running? Who's starting running back for the Colts when they're both healthy? Yes, I think Ballard. I think so Get too. Him out of the office. I think it's Ballard Bradshaw, too. Think, no, it's well, got to be Bradshaw. You, but you're also thinking about it like a coach decision. Luck may be liking Ballard a little bit more. And and you look it's as much choice as in, as probably some of the coaches. He does. You don't think he does? Is it, has he been promoted to assistant coach? And I haven't heard that. So you're saying they tell Luck, you do what we want to do. We don't care what you did last year. You don't think they trust him beyond belief? No, hold it. It's, it was an issue protecting him last year. He got knocked on his butt a lot. Yeah, you think? Big, What's the big, best thing that helps a quarterback? 
Okay, our good running game. Yeah, and that's I think, his best friend. And Bradshaw is more accomplished and as the thousand yard runner has a couple Super Bowl trophies, so he has experience. Bradshaw should start. Period. End of question. I don't but think Bradshaw, it's the end of the question at all. But but Bradshaw is isn't. injury prone, so you don't want to use overuse him. Use Ballard and use Bradshaw somewhat so that he does not get injured because it's better to have it's better to have uh, Bradshaw's spot playing. Then starting and getting hurt, and you got to go to Ballard long term the rest of the year. I'm with Tyler. I think that it's Bradshaw was brought in as the change of pace guy, but we don't want to just debate on the running backs. What do you think about the rest of the offense? Because when I wrote about, I touched on it a little bit when I did the draft review, and I thought that the receiver position looks a kind of a little questionable because you have Wayne, but he's an older guy. Avery left. T.Y. Hilton was the third guy, and then they brought in Darius Hayward Bay, and he's. To say been inconsistent, I think, is putting it nicely. The wide receiver position, especially for a second-year quarterback, kind of seems like, what are you guys doing? I think Wayne is still going to be productive. T.Y. Hilton, I don't know. He's young. I, I it, it Really, if you take a look at Hayward Bay, he's starting to show somewhat of an upward getting better. It's just that his, he's injury-prone and probably plays for the worst football team in the, in the in not only the NFL, but the universe, the Raiders. I mean, they're morons. I wanted the Bears to sign that guy. I think he's only going to get better, and I think if he just has good coaching, he's obviously fast, and you can't teach fast, as the, as the saying goes. So I, I think it's going to be an underrated receiving core, and I think as long as the tight ends chip in, I would think Fleener would, would, would probably be more prominent because that, that was Luck's guy at Stanford, and I, I would expect and hope that Fleener takes a big jump between his rookie year and this year because last year he was a little bit disappointing, and at some points he was overshadowed by... Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen, name. which I don't mm-hmm. really think is what the plan was. What was he, a sixth-round pick? Or I think it was a fourth. The fourth-round pick's going to gonna outclass our second-round pick, a tight end. But, but Fleener heard... needs to step up. If Fleener steps up, that will take pressure off the receivers. And I think, and 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 I'm going to go back to this point. If the running game gets better, it's going to take pressure off the receivers. I, w- I just want to comma in... a Bradshaw comma a mod. No, I just want to put my two cents there. I do agree with you. I wanted I wanted Hayward to Bay to go with to go to Chicago as well. I'm not saying that he he doesn't seem to be trending upwards because I do think a stable environment plays a big role in that. I just think that. There are some serious questions, but they did draft two tight ends. I think they did it on purpose. They did the New England thing, which is the new trendy thing. From what what I've heard, they said that the way Dwayne Allen came, that he is going to be the number one guy and that Fleener will be more of a number two guy. I understand you're saying he's Lux guy, but just because he's Lux guy does not mean mean he's he's cut out for it. Does not mean he, just because he's a second round pick, he's Lux guy, does not mean he's the number, he is going to be the number one guy. And if you're making that story, that's that's a really poor officer. And be like, well, he's a second round pick, and he's Lux guy. Start him. Don't care what he did last year. Allen did great, and he could block, and he's faster, and he's more athletic. They like that than Fleeter's big body kind of Gronk style. It's kind of the opposite of what the Patriots do. Whereas Hernandez is a second option to Gronk, who's bigger. The Colts like the faster, smaller Allen than the bigger Fleener. The only reason Allen got a chance was because Fleener got hurt. And when he Fleener was, was when he was healthy, prospect. he was not that great. He was he obviously had issues learning in his rookie season. I think it's key because he is the better overall tight end prospect. And I think for this team to go forward, as we're saying, there is some you could question the receiving core to a point. Okay. 
because Hilton being the number two, I, I don't know if I buy that. He was excellent as a number three because nobody knew who oh, he was. I agree 100% on that. But we, is that one thing we can agree on, Tyler, that T.Y. Hilton was very good as a rookie? Yeah, but I think he's a better slot. That's what Pops is. I agree 100%. I think that's... I, I, are we assuming they brought in Hayward Bay to be the opposite of Wayne? I guess. To Hopefully. Be, to be Wayne, to be a little more of a possession guy. And it let could be. Hayward be, Bay be because the uh, post. they lost... Avery was kind of... I won't say he's... As, I don't think he's as fast as Hayward Bay, he's but not. clearly, um, that if you could keep Hilton in his number three receiver spot, that's where he, he excelled. And if you bring Hayward Bay, who does have experience and is getting better, has nice size, and that's just absolutely blazing speed and could help open up the field and can help help your tight end, Kobe Flater, then then not only and, and then if you can put a, put together with it a good running attack, then you got the you got the beginnings of a pretty good offense. Leaving the offense, just well let's touch on the defense real fast. They poured a bunch of money in free agency into the defense and their first pick was what's his face out of FSU. Jorn Warner. That guy. Do you expect them to improve? I mean, obviously last year, I think they played better than people expected, which you'd expect them to struggle because they flip schemes. They've had a year in the scheme. They had a draft to go through. Where you, I mean, I guess based on the defense, because I think we expect the offense to take a step forward because there's, they're just so young on the offense, you just expect improvement. What, do you, what are you seeing on the defense versus, uh, at the same time, the team going forward? I guess you could expect some improvement, but I don't know if Jorn Warner, you know, I know he has a lot of publicity and people got thinking he was going to be a top 10 pick and, and he slid. Um, I'm not for sure if I really buy in all their improvements and how much of an incremental jump they're going to make, but clearly I think the Patriots have followed the trend that you know, if you have an explosive offense and your defense is kind of run of the run of the mill, and just forces turnovers, you can get Super Bowl. So I think maybe that's the way they're going. And I and I think you still going. They're going to have to work on adding talent. I think they've lost some players, and I think I'm not for sure if the players they lost versus the players they brought in is kind of a is the same. So I think it, the Colts defense is. It, I think will show slight improvements, but I think against the good offenses, is probably still going to struggle. Ty, do you think the same thing? I think the team is going to take a step back because I think people really underestimate Arians and overestimate Pagano because Pagano didn't coach for their long stretch. And I guess he people didn't give him a lot of the credit. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I just we really haven't seen what he can do. He coached for six games, I think. And like and that was like cut in half. Like he coached for like I don't think he says like three or four in the beginning and like one or two at the end. So I think they may take a step back because, you know, they just they basically had almost two different head coaches now, and their long stretch of playing well was under their offensive corner, who's now gone. So and so I think you'll see weaknesses start happening up, but I think the defense may improve though because Pagano's back. But I think the offense might take take a step back. I think they could be like an eight eight team. Pops, what do you think about that? Because their coaching obviously situation last year is just something you just don't see very often. No, I agree with Tyler. I think you don't know what you have with Pagano. I mean, he was a good defensive coordinator, but there is a litany of failed coordinators who or coordinators that went to head coaches and failed miserably. Arians has proven himself as obviously probably the better coach. And I with Pagano, you just don't know what you have. And you know, if you use the motivation of him being sick as your motivation to get going, you don't have that this year. So, I mean, what's your driving force now? Now, some people would argue that that's garbage. Other people would argue that it was legitimate. I don't know. 
I mean, I, I guess you say it helps your team, but you know, the thing is with the NFL, you, you got to be organized, planned and have a plan and, and, and execute it. Motivation only lasts so long. The theory that you play on motivation, I think probably is, is, is false. And, and you know, the Mike Ditkas of the world or, you know, think that they could just say, utter some stuff and motivate your guys and give you those rah, rah speeches. It, it just doesn't happen. That's just, that's a fallacy. So Pagano is as much of an unknown as probably, you know, the defense or any rookies that come in this year. So I, I think they could very, I don't, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. All right, well, we'll obviously be keeping an eye on the Colts as we get closer to football season because that'll be coming up. Make sure to check out the Facebook and Twitter accounts for the blog posts. Check out our partners as well, Three Sports Guns. We're going to be signing off this week. I'm Blair Gunther. Tyler Gunther. Harold Gunther. We'll see you guys next time.